Welcome back to Revolution and Ideology. I am Nick. I'm Jared. This episode is sort of a follow-up episode to our previous one, where we discussed an article that argued that issues arise once we come to a point where we can only explain and make sense of our individual behavior through political terms. So, for example, the point of the article was, you know, we can't really blame capitalism for everything. At some point, we have to just take personal responsibility and live our lives. Uh, Toward the end of that episode, I mentioned how, you know, going too far in the opposite direction was also problematic, that we also can't blame, you know, human nature or all of our individual characteristics for every single uh, behavior and action that we do as well. But once I rethought about, uh, you know, I rethought all of that and thought about our episode and that article, I read it again a couple of times and, you know, read other things. I realized that I think the entire premise actually is nonsense and I have a problem with it. So that's what we're going to discuss in this episode is kind of how framing the question even that way, you know, is every act, you know, political, is every act personal? How do we answer that question? I think that the question itself sort of is a problem. And that's what we're going to talk about. And my point is, my main point here is that individual behavior and individuals themselves are always both political and personal, both individual and social. And I just want a couple of introductory quotes that I, I really like here, and I use this in my intro to sociology classes. Um, sociologist C. Wright Mills, in his 1959 book, The Sociological Imagination, says, neither the life of an individual nor the history of a society can be understood without understanding both. His main argument is that we can't understand individual behavior without understanding that individual's personal biography and the history of the society in which they exist. Nor can we understand a society without understanding its history and the biographies of each individual that exists within that society. And he says that Individuals are minute points of the intersections of biography and history within society, which I've always appreciated sort of that explanation of the individual, right? That we are both our individual biography and the history of the society in which we exist. I mean, we talk about it all the time Um, in classes, especially in ideology, like there's no originality, et cetera. Like everything, like every individual is socialized and that's why that social context matters. The individual is a myth. Like we are all like manufactured out of these social contexts. Um, Everything we think that is individualized, every decision we make that we think is wholly ours is actually, that's, it's all part of a process. And that's not a, that's not even like some sort of big brother 1980 thing I'm going with here. Like that's, that's how societies function. You are born, you are then socialized. Obviously there's the nature versus nurture and what percentage, um, um, informs the, the choices we make. But regardless, like that socialization is powerful, right? If you give somebody, I don't know, 500 years ago, the options for transportation, a 2005 Ford Mustang is not an option because the society they live in does it. They would never. Yeah. There's real limitations placed on our behaviors based on the political and economic, you know, milieus in which we exist very clearly. I mean, that, like you said, this isn't some like 1984 conspiracy theory. That's just reality, you know? Yeah. Even the choices that we think are wholly our own are really not wholly our own. They are, we're, we're presented with a spectrum of options. In some societies, we have a, a larger spectrum. In other societies, we have a smaller spectrum, but it's still only a spectrum, right? Like it's not, it's not completely like do anything you want. It's not a complete sandbox, as they would say in the gaming community. 
You know, one of the most powerful, I think, of Marx's critiques of capitalism is when he describes how social relations are completely stripped from commodities through the process of industrialization and the commodification through capitalism. How we are completely, I mean, just absolutely naive of all of the social interactions that are involved in creating the commodities that we consume. Think of the most simple commodity that you can possibly imagine, right? Whether that's a pencil or a t-shirt or whatever that is for you, and understand that there were probably thousands, if not tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people whose labor went into generating that commodity, right? Just think about the history of technology that was possible for us to like mass produce a t-shirt as an example, right? All the technology now that exists that was created over, you know, the past centuries for that to happen. Not only that, but then the fact that it gets manufactured and shipped across the world and so on, right? All of these things, all of these social relations that are inherent in our commodities that we have completely forgotten about. But the main point, the overarching point is that as consumers, right? Like we used the example in the last episode and we use it frequently, right? Even if you just want to go out into the wilderness and be by yourself, if you want to do it comfortably, you're wearing shoes or mm -hmm. boots and jackets and all of these things that just your jacket to make you comfortable in the outdoors by yourself, right? Was manufactured by thousands of people at least, right? For it to end up in the store where you purchased it and wore it into the outdoors by yourself, right? There, and there's no escaping that. So just any act in that regard as a consumer is a political act. One of my other points here is that there is no meta discourse. So even having the conversation of whether an act is political or not, the second that we start using language to try to describe and analyze our individual actions or the behaviors of other people, we are using discourses and linguistic devices that have been created within the boundaries of our mode of production, right? So to put it in other terms, we're using capitalist discourse to analyze our behavior. So even just then, th that itself is a political act. So that's even just having the conversation of whether or not an act is political is itself a political act. Having a conversation itself is a political act because we're making use of language that is itself political. We can't exist outside of the mode of production to discuss it or to discuss ourselves. And that's one of the overarching points here is that we are always within the boundaries of, in this case, right, the capitalist mode of production. There is no stepping back and analyzing either capitalism or ourselves as independent of capitalism or ourselves. One of my other points here is that there is no apolitical self. You know, I get the feeling when I'm discussing these types of things with people that there's this pervasive belief that there's some apolitical essence within us, that there's some kernel of self that exists inside of us that is sort of free from any political or economic influence. My argument here is that that's absolutely nonsense. That doesn't exist, right? There is no part deep within, within us that is free from the influence of a political or economic system. Now, this exists both on the left and the right. On the left, I think the most common iteration of this is that, you know, people are inherently communal and inherently good. And if we were only to escape sort of the yoke of capitalism or of oppressive hierarchy, 
that this essence within ourselves would be released and revealed and we would be happy. And on the right, I think the version is, you know, we are inherently violent and greedy and certain aspects of modern society prevent these characteristics from taking their natural course. And at the end of this natural course, by the way, I would end up on top and have everything I've ever wanted. Both of these are wrong. Neither of these positions are correct because they both rely on the underlying assumption that there is some part of us that is natural or instinctual or you know inherent to our individual personality that somehow is untouched by politics, which I disagree with, right? There is no part of us that is apolitical. There is no part of us that exists outside of politics and there never has been because I mean, I mean, never as in the history of each of us, right? Because even we think of ourselves as like, well, we were, you know, innocent infants that then became socialized into society. I mean, I make the argument that even when you're an infant, you're not free from political influence because the political and economic status of your parents, as an example, is just one simple example of how you're born into the political. You never exist outside of the political milieu. That's not a thing. Well, and in the modern era, we know that the amount of media that these parents are consuming, especially obviously the mother, like that's being filtered through the womb. We know that at this point, right? Science is, has, has got us that far. So we know that that media, whatever that media might be, is making its way in into the womb. And, and I'm not saying that that uh, infant or that fetus in there is understanding if that person is watching like a CNN or Fox News broadcast, like can, 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 can understand what that media is, but that media is making its way in there for sure. In addition to this, we develop our subjectivity, right, our sense of self clearly within the political milieu, right, within the dominant mode of production. So as we are growing and as we are developing, you know, figuring out who we are, et cetera, that clearly doesn't take place within a vacuum. It takes place within the political and economic as well. So as we develop the ability to reflect upon ourselves, right, to analyze ourselves and the world around us, that is happening under the influence of the economic and the political. The idea that when you have a conversation with people or individuals and they argue that they are not political, they don't want to take a political stance, that that in and of itself is a political stance. Is the political stance when, when you meet somebody, it doesn't matter like whether they lean left or right. We're not even getting into that. When they say they don't want to talk about politics or they're not political or they're not interested or they hate the discussion of politics – that itself is they are being political at that moment in time. That poli their political position is selected. They've selected the political position of acquiescence to the system. Yeah, I want to talk about sort of psychology and personality because I think that people believe that they have the personality, which is who they are and who they would have been regardless of any like outside influences. And I think that's like a false concept. There is no who you would who you are outside of capitalism because it doesn't exist you've always existed within capitalism now of course capitalism isn't the only factor that determines our subjectification right there's all kinds of others like religion and geography and nationalism extreme nationalism like all of the other giant positivism any of the macro ideologies influence who we are and 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 for those that want to say, well, it's also our parents, but it, no, that's, I, your parents are also the socialized subject as well. So whatever they are socializing us as, it's under those dominant discourses and the hegemonic process. 
there is no such thing as a purely individual behavior, and there is no such thing as a purely political act. Every act is at least somewhat political. So what are your thoughts on this? In the comments, we're actually, as teachers, we're going to assign you all some homework. If you can, I don't even know if there's an if you in here. We want you to put in the comments what you think are some of the acts in your life that are like completely apolitical. There's no political nature to them. And we'll see if we can kind of start a conversation. And maybe you can convince us somehow, some way that that act is in fact, apolitical. Maybe it's something as simple as I took a nap at 2 p.m. There's no way that was political, but we'll, we'll, we'll have a little bit of discourse and a conversation. Again, this isn't meant to be mean-spirited or, or, or we want to ha- kind of have a little bit of fun with this one. So anyway, other than that, I think that's, that's, that's what we have for today. Nick, do you want to take us out? Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed that episode. If you really enjoyed, please consider supporting us on Patreon, patreon.com slash revolution and ideology. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. I am Nick. I'm Jared. Later.